0: And welcome to Fact Smacks. It's the podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. My name is Matt, and I've got a story to tell you. Uh, and my name is Kev. I have a story to interrupt. <laughs> That's what I do. I interrupt things. That is what you do. All right. Yeah,
1: it's kind of it's kind of my shtick, you know. Yeah. I do those things. You know what else is my shtick? Yes little game of fact schmacks
0: oh, you ever heard of it yes it's a great are game
1: are you familiar with the rules
0: i am familiar with the rules as you have changed them
1: recently <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so we have either two facts and a schmacked or two schmacks and a fact it's up to matt to figure out which one's which mm-hmm. for all the glory for all of the glory factor schmacked oh matt. jesus christ uh, oh, hold on! Add a little intro. Yo, oh, uh, yes. So we just had we just had the uh, it's November. There was just the midterm elections. I'm sure everybody's sick of hearing about them, but it made me think because I don't do a lot of thinking. Nope. So I took my I took my cue from the news, and I was like, "How about some some election facts?" Okay. Huh? All right. Some election facts.
0: Election factor, Factor schmack. Oh, for Matt? crying out loud!
1: the worst campaign slogan in history belongs to Al Smith, a 1928 presidential candidate who was against prohibition to show his support is for the creation, distribution and sale of alcohol. He he advertised vote for Al Smith and he'll make your wet dreams come true.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, I don't think you're clever Matt. enough to come up with that, so I think it's true. <laughs>
1: factor schmack, Matt. Yes. Contrary to popular belief, the 1933 German election that brought Hitler to power was widely regarded as one of the most fraud-free elections of the time, according to League of Nation observers.
0: Well, it wasn't the whole thing that he, he only won like a third of the seats. Factor schmack, Matt. Yes. During the 1872 election,
1: presidential incumbent Ulysses S. Grant ran against a corpse. His opponent, Horace Greeley, died before the election was finalized. Grant won the election.
0: TikTok friend. I was going to say, how bad would it be to lose to a corpse? But that's happened at least once in, in, that I can remember. <laughs> Someone running in the States lost to a dead guy. Um, oh... That's interesting. These yeah. are all really good ones. Right? These are very... So make your wet dreams come true. Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I raise my eyebrows yeah, too? Yeah, now it's starting uh, to seem a little more suspicious next to these other <laughs> things. Uh,
0: and then second, we had German free and fair elections. Oh, boy. Wow.
1: We got a real stumper here, huh? We do. I'm really stumped. But you have to vote for one of them.
0: I sure do. (laughs) (laughs) What
1: do you elect to do?
0: Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to put my caucus behind the idea that it was the first one that is not true. Ha ha! I win! No! By landslide! (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) That is a fact, man. Wow. Somebody had that campaign slogan.
0: That's a terrible slogan. So what was untrue there?
1: Uh, The Germany thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was free and fair. I just made it up.
0: Oh, all right. Fuck, I hate when you do that. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it could be a fact, but I just made that up. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, No idea.
0: Very. uh... I was
1: like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I assume it was fraudulent, but maybe it wasn't. But I'm just going to pretend the League of Nations said it was fine. Now, if you happen to fact check that and it turns out to be true, I'm still going to say I won. Just because I'm obstinate like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, are you looking it up right now?
0: No, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, all right. There's an old Spanish proverb that says, silent water is dangerous water. Well, that might have been the case. That might have been the case back in December 4th of 1872. On that day, sailors above aboard the De Gracia, a Canadian... Sorry, sh-
1: c- can I point out just one thing? Yeah.
0: December fourth,
1: eighteen seventy-two. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd like to point out that Ulysses S. Grant was a freshly elected president. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: He'd been in office less than a month. Funny how that ties in,
0: isn't it? Huh? Wow! It's the segue that nobody asked for. I mean, I cer- <laughs> i certainly didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you and everything you do. Um, yeah. So sailors above the De Grazia, a Canadian shipping vessel, spotted another boat. And uh, it looked like rough, but seaworthy shape. Seems uh, seemingly listing aimlessly off the coast of the Azores, which is a mid-Atlantic island about 1,400 kilometers from Lisbon. Isn't it pronounced Azores? Azores? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> You say Azores, I say Azores, I'm the only one that does it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So upon uh, closer inspection, the crew of the uh, De Gattia was able to confirm that it was the Mary Celeste, a ship which had left the same port they had, in fact, just a week or, or two before they had left. And it should have made it to Italy where it was heading by then. Now what a they what, how weird is that? Now they can see that the port and aft hatches are open, uh, but there's no that's front and back. That's the front and back. That's right for us. For those non-boat people, unlike there's, us,
1: there's port aft, starboard and port aft, starboard and.
0: I have a boating license.
1: <laughs> oh no, you don't. I sure do. Why do you have a boating license <laughs> for seadews? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can only picture you on an inner tube.
0: floating <laughs> 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 uh, around like a pale donut. And stern, isn't it?
1: Oh, stern. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Anyways. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Stern. That's, that's poop deck. Heart of, heart of stern, matey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poop deck. Poop deck. Yeah. Other voting words. Um <clears throat> So, yeah, the the front and back hatches are open, but there's no obvious activity that they can see on this boat. They try signaling it, no response. So, finally, they they roll on up to it or sail on up to it and send a few men on board to find out what's going on. Now, from from the deck of the ship there, they can see that sails are partially up, but they're in rough shape. Uh, The main cargo hatch was down, but... But was disturbed, like like something had happened to it, and the kraken. Uh, it could have been. Uh, there was also a, an abandoned makeshift sounding rod. Now, a sounding rod was a tool that sailors would use to try and figure out how much water a vessel had taken on. I don't know how it works, and I didn't look it up. Magic. Yes. Um, now, so then uh, that's, that's you know, what they can discern just from the, the hull of the ship. No people around. Um, they go inside, and what they find inside is, why, just as odd, if not more. Cargo is still there and still intact. Uh, there was food to last for weeks, but not a crew member from the Mary Celeste in sight. Uh, along with the crew, there was a lifeboat that was missing, a navigation book, a sextant and a chronometer, um, and a large sail line had been attached to the back of the boat and had been either sheared off or cut. Either way, it it wasn't attached to anything.
1: Isn't that the same thing? I guess sheared would be maybe if it got ripped off. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that one.
0: Yeah. So the only other really detail that was details that were a on the ship, um, the cargo hold of the 1701 barrels. Now, I don't think they noticed this right away. This is just something they found out eventually of the 1701 barrels of denatured alcohol that they were uh, taking from uh, New York to Italy. Nine of those barrels were empty. Coincidentally enough, of those 1,701 barrels, uh, 1,692 of them were made of white oak, which is a really good non-porous wood for making barrels uh, that you would carry a liquid in. And nine of them were made of red oak which would be, which is a porous wood that would be more for dry goods. And those, those barrels that were empty, they were all the red oak barrels. The white oak barrels were all full. The red oak barrels were empty. Uh, Okay. There was also about three and a half feet of water in the bottom of the boat. Not catastrophic, something that, that, you know, they should have been able to deal with. Um, But yeah, that was the state of the boat. Now, uh, Let's talk about this boat, the Mary Celeste. Where did it come from? Uh, It was built in 1860. It was originally named the Amazon. Now, changing the name of a ship is the sort of thing that's considered to be bad luck. But in a sort of catch-22, it's also the sort of thing that you might do if the ship has already encountered a significant amount of bad luck. Such was the case with the Amazon.
1: Okay. So just to catch up to where we're at here and and to give you some context of what goes on in my brain. Yeah. I'm now picturing Jeff Bezos in a captain's hat.
0: (laughs) Good. Okay. Because what happens next to the Amazon? And that
1: weird laugh he has. Great. Oh, man. Yeah. So creepy.
0: Yes. So... Uh, The first captain of the Amazon uh, died of pneumonia before the ship could even finish its first mission. So hopefully you you kept that picture (laughs) in your head and now he's dead of pneumonia. That sounds terrible when I put it that way, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we're going to get dropped from Amazon streaming services. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Listen, I'm just saying if he was... Alive at that time, he might have died of pneumonia like so many people did. Yeah. Yeah, okay, maybe that's a little I think it's more
1: of a misadventure feat. Let's see what the next captain has in store. Well... I'll tell you which one's Bezos.
0: (laughs) So the captain that took over uh, for this original ship, well, he ran the ship into some fishing equipment on his way out in Maine, and then he ran into and sank another ship as he was approaching London. Uh, So... In its first trip... I needed an interlock on a steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too much rum for you, sir. Could be. <laughs> in 1867, uh, the ship has ran aground during a storm in Cape Breton Island, uh, and they abandoned it as a wreck. Don't even want to deal with it anymore. That wreckage is then purchased... It's renamed the Mary Celeste and restored. Then it was repoed by creditors. Then it was sold and sold again. Eventually, it winds up in the hands of this consortium of people, one of whom is Captain Benjamin Spooner consortium. Briggs. Pardon? Spooner. Spooner. That's a consortium. That's a consortium. There's, that's, consortium. That, that is a word you can legitimately pronounce a bunch of different ways.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, are you okay?
0: I am okay. So in 1872, uh, winds up with Spooner Briggs, Benjamin Spooner Briggs. Uh, he is a an experienced captain. He's got a good reputation.
1: Is he, Was his nickname Big Spooner or Little Spooner?
0: Great question. I do not have an answer for you.
1: All right, let's call him Little Spooner.
0: Let's call him Little Spooner. I bet. All right. Because who doesn't want to be the little spoon every once in a while? Who doesn't, man? Yeah. It's nice to just be held. It is nice to be held. I'll, yeah. I'll grant you that. Uh, <laughs> so on October 20th, the Mary Celeste arrives in New York to pick up 1,701 barrels of pure alcohol headed to Genoa, Italy. Um, is this the story of the 99 bottles of beer on the wall? No. No. That would be
1: like a really long countdown. That would be. 1,701 bottles of rum on the wall. 1,701 bottles. Right, just alcohol, not rum. Oh, it's, okay, it's not rum. Yeah. Just I just, sometimes when I think of pirates, I think of rum.
0: No, think like Whiskey Captain Flood. Captain Morgan. Like pure mm. alcohol, like. Just pure grain
1: alcohol. Yeah. Go blind. Yeah. Do not drink.
0: Do not drink, yeah.
1: Like Don't drink it. Lots of fumes. only.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is, yeah, this is pure, basically jet fuel. Okay. So it is worth noting that as the Mary Celeste is in New York picking up its cargo, the captain of the De Gratia, David Morehouse, was in town. They they were, you know, both going to be leaving from the same port. It's popularly said that the night before the Mary Celeste left, uh, this captain, Spooner, uh, Briggs and uh, Morehouse had dinner together. That's probably not true. That's entirely based on Morehouse's widow remembering that like 50 years after the fact. Or I guess who knows that if it could be true. But, you know, they probably did know each other. But it's it's unclear whether they actually did have dinner together the night before. But either way, on November 5th, Ship left with Briggs, his wife, his daughter, and his hand picked seven man crew. Now, of course, we know how this ends. Uh it ends with the that same De they the same, you know, that that ship uh and, and David Morehouse finding uh the Mary Celeste completely so abandoned. So There's like
1: only like nine, ten people on the ship. Seven yeah. crew, his wife ten and people. his wife and who else? His daughter. His daughter, okay. Yeah.
0: So when they find it, they found that the ship's log was still there and it was intact. And it had entries right up until 8 a.m. on November 25th. Um, The log's the sort of thing, I guess, uh, back in the day, maybe even now, you'd be making updates at least every hour. So they can pretty conclusively say that whatever happened to this ship happened between uh, 8 and 9 a.m. on November 25th. Uh, The log also noted that there had been some small noises and explosions coming from the cargo hold. Um, But that's, I guess, back in the day, if you were carrying stuff like alcohol or oil, you you would experience little, like, leaks and things like that happening. So I don't think it was something that was too out of the ordinary, necessarily. Although it might be an important detail for later or when we sure. discuss what might have happened. Now, at the end of the day, the crew of the uh, of the De Grazia uh, brought the Mary Celeste to Gibraltar, which is, I guess, where you would bring a salvage ship back in the day. Uh, under maritime salvage laws, they were entitled to a reward for having recovered it. Uh, so they, But there's like a process involved, so they went to... Sh- went to port and started that process. The insurance company did their own investigation, basically to make sure that, you know, this wasn't a case of we're just going to get rid of Piracy. Piracy, essentially, yeah. We're going to get rid of the crew and and claim the reward. They weren't able to prove anything, so they paid out the money. And uh, the Mary Celeste actually went back to work. It continued to operate for this consortium for another few years before it was ultimately ran aground deliberately in an act of insurance fraud. Wow! Yeah, now this doesn't. So
1: this thing is like the uh, the budget car that uh, gets sold off at the used car lot, and yeah, every every bum gets it. And
0: but yes, and then is it is involved in this one prominent instance where it's found abandoned on the high seas. And for whatever reason, I'm sure it's not the only ship that's ever been found abandoned on the high seas, but it just gets a reputation, kind of gets into the, the popular consciousness. A lot of myths start to surround the ship, becomes an enduring sort of ghost story. Various newspapers and books have added details around the ship that just aren't true. Things like the ship being in immaculate shape when it was found, with food still out on the table, still warm, with the ship logs act, ship's log accurate up to an hour before it was found. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, famous for writing... Two Thousand Leagues Under the Sea? Nope. Sherlock Holmes? Yes! Yep. Did he write Two Thousand Leagues? I, I don't know that
1: he didn't. I don't think so. That was Jacques Cousteau? No, that was the character. I don't know anymore. That might have been Moby Dick. Let's just carry on. (laughs) It's just a big hodgepodge in my brain. Oh,
0: my goodness. Either way, Arthur Conan Doyle did, in fact, write uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, He wrote an account from a fictitious survivor named, uh, now I get to butcher some some names, J. Habakkuk (laughs) Jeffson. Banger name. Uh, Absolute this, banger name. Yeah. This book had a very, very, very loose relationship with uh, with the facts surrounding it, but really it's... So it was more of a schmactual <clears throat> book? Um, a schmactual recounting of, of what had happened to this <laughs> ship. Either way, the Mary Celeste became synonymous with the idea of a ghost ship. You know, Ooh. now whenever people tell the story of the Mary Celeste, it's like that scene in Aliens when they're going through the colony and there's, you know, everyone's half-eaten breakfast is still sitting there. Yeah. It's very clear that whatever had happened uh, had, you know, happened probably pretty fast, but it seemed like it was pretty orderly, right? Like they weren't in the middle of making meals. Everything was put away, but at the same time, it seems like whatever happened happened pretty quick, if that makes sense. Sure. So let's get right down to it. What yeah, happened? Down. Nobody knows what happened. There's just a bunch of the possibilities. The crew was never found. Crew was never found. Lifeboat was never yeah. found. Let's get the obvious things out of the way. The things that it definitely wasn't. Probably wasn't aliens or ghosts. Or at least it was a rapt- rapture. A, or a or a very selective rapture. Like there's like a <laughs> the jehovah's witnesses were on the right track but they just had way too many people it was actually only these 10 yeah for sure <laughs> um probably not a giant squid or a whale attack because you know it's pretty obvious that these people got into the lifeboat at least some of them and if you were getting attacked by a giant squid why would you get into a smaller boat into a lifeboat yeah that doesn't make sense right if it were pirates well Typically, pirates would take the loot, right? Sure, they especially would, all that jet fuel. Absolutely, they would have taken that rocket fuel. They would have drank it. Um, sure. If it was a mutiny, you'd expect some of the crew. The yeah, yeah, right. You'd expect some of the crew to still be there. So you can kind sure. of you can kind of rule all that stuff out. Uh, rogue wave is something that people maybe suggest, uh, it would account for maybe but that
1: wouldn't, that I mean, you'd think there'd be one or two people under not on deck, at not the on
0: deck who wouldn't have been swept off. Sure. You know, why do they get in the, it, let's say two people are left and that explains the, um, you know, the water and inst- the, the water sounding instrument on, on deck and maybe why the boat has gone. But then like, why would you get off the boat at that point?
1: Sure. It's still floating.
0: Still floating. Right. You still have a lifeboat. <clears throat> yeah. It's weird. It, it doesn't make sense. And also, if there was a rogue wave that came in and, you know, really rocked shit up, you'd expect that the cargo hold would have been in way worse shape. But the cargo hold seemed largely fine other than these nine empty barrels. Yeah, something's afoot there. Something's afoot there, right? Well, again, they're made from that porous red oak. They're scattered amongst, you know, 1,701 barrels, just 1,692 other barrels that probably look pretty goddamn similar to them. Maybe they're all painted. Who knows? I don't know. I haven't looked at these barrels myself. That's what I'm saying. I'm unaware. Um, But it is possible that they were slowly leaking alcohol over time. That alcohol is putting off fumes and gas. And eventually... Maybe someone walks down there with a cigar, maybe someone walks down there with a lantern, but it sparks like a flash explosion. There was actually a a test done using butane instead of alcohol to see kind of what, what that would look like. And what they found is that in this sort of situation, you get a buildup of gas, you get this flash explosion. The explosion is really quickly followed by this pressure wave full of cool air. And so what they found is that Nothing was singed or burned, which would kind of explain the. you know, you would think if there was an explosion in the the cargo hold, there would be evidence of it. But not necessarily if it was just the fumes burning off really quickly. Well, what if there was an explosion big enough to scare the shit out of them and essentially they abandon ship or they get on the lifeboat? Tie it. To thinking the next one's going to be the one that takes the ship out. Right.
1: This load is unstable. Now, hear me out. Okay. You, you got this ship that, uh, you know, might blow up and you're on a lifeboat and you're on this rope. I'm assuming this rope goes out a few hundred feet. Yeah. It was one uh, of the sail
0: lines on a
1: reasonably big boat. Okay. So, <clears throat> so I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm not sure about. Well, I mean, i I guess 1,700 barrels is a lot of a lot of fuel, but I'm thinking I go out on this lifeboat. I'm like, I don't know about this boat. I'm going to get on this lifeboat, but I might might not cut the tether. I might just kind of go. No, oh, let's just hang out here for a bit and see what happens. Maybe we go back. We got to eat. We got to drink. Maybe someone comes along.
0: Yeah. So
1: I, I don't think I cut myself loose there right away. But, but you if can I think maybe the explosion could be big enough that it would engulf my tiny boat. You can uh, maybe, maybe it would.
0: Yeah, or and you can get behind the idea that, okay, we're not sure what's going on, we're gonna tie a tether to the big boat, we're gonna get on the lifeboat, and we're gonna wait this out, see what happens, you know? Yeah. So that's that's one theory as to what happened to them. Uh, other people say maybe a natural disaster forced them to do something similar. Either way, again, it seems very clear that this co- crew voluntarily got into the lifeboat and somehow they're, they're prob- were left behind. A, uh, they're clearly on a they're clearly
1: on a common shipping lane, right? Like they're they're getting they're getting followed by this other boat. Uh, I'm sure other boats maybe passed by, didn't think to maybe even look sounds like they're on a pretty major thoroughfare. You'd think somebody would know about you'd a weather event. Th- you'd
0: think. Oh. You'd think. Now, National Geographic, those folks at the old National Geographic Society. The old Nat Geo. Of explorers. Uh, they did some forensic auditing of some of the logbooks, and they came to the conclusion that the boat was actually lost, that they were way off course from where they thought they were. So they might okay. not have been in as populated a shipping lane as they thought. Now that, if that's true, how did the De Gracia wind up right there, though? Right yeah. off course with them, isn't that kind of weird? So some people that is think very weird. Some people do think that this was an instance of piracy, but it wasn't just pirates; it was Canadian pirates. <clears throat> it was Canadian pirates. Now. Worth noting that, you know, we talked about the insurance company, they did their own investigation, they couldn't find anything, so they had to pay out the money. They only paid out about a sixth of the money. Now, some people mean that to, you know, imply that they thought something was definitely up there, they just couldn't prove it. You could also make the argument that maybe they were just a shitty insurer. I don't know. I don't know enough about the insurance argument to our industry to make that argument specifically, but that is, you know... The captain Morehouse was never able to quite shake the the feeling that maybe he'd done something a little a little suspicious there.
1: So so he kind of had a bit of a air of mystique about him. I do mystique suspicion. A little shady. Yeah, a little that's shady. right. Shady. All
0: right. My shady personal comeback. my personal theory though goes something like this: those nine barrels they're starting to leak alcohol. More than usual. You know, they're they're used to getting these little flashing flashes if maybe a barrel um, expands a bit or contracts a little gas leaks out. or You know, they're used to that sort of thing, but this is a continuous stream, and it just keeps building up and building up and building up. Uh, Eventually, maybe they got a lantern down there. It comes in contact with the spark. Maybe someone's walking down there with a lantern. Who knows how it happens, but eventually there's an explosion that is big enough to scare the Jesus out of them. It blows the main cargo hatch up a little bit and disturbs it so it doesn't fall back down quite right. Explains why. But what
1: about the guy holding the light in the explosion? You would think that that would
0: take him out? So maybe he gets blown back and singed, but it sounds like in this type of thing it would have Uh, been...
1: But then you're dumping a kerosene lantern in a wooden ship with...
0: Yeah, so maybe that's not how Mm -hmm. it happened, but either way, somehow... I say
1: your theory is bullshit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they know that something's exploded down there. They don't want to send anybody back down there in case something's wrong. They think that maybe the ship's taking on water. They use their makeshift device. They get an erroneous reading back and they decide to abandon ship. They think they're taking on water. They think there's been a big explosion in the cargo hold. For all they know, there's a hole in the side of the ship. They get back on that boat there. Maybe the rope just snaps, or maybe at some point they decide that if the boat does go down, it's going to pull them down via this rope, uh, yeah. or if, um, if it explodes, the they're going to be too close. Yeah. Yeah, so eventually they make the decision to cut the rope, maybe because they thought they were a lot closer to land than they turned out being because they were wildly off course. Or they thought they were in a more populated shipping lane than they were. And someone would would come along quickly and and find them. You know, it could be. So did, they, did
1: the the guys say where he found the boat?
0: Yeah, it was off the, uh, off the, off the coast of the the Az- Azores, right? The Azores. <laughs> the Azores.
1: So they they must have been close enough to land that they could have. I mean, I guess well, you don't off, know which direction land is. The,
0: now, judging by uh, the logbook for where they said they were, they th- that boat had drifted about seven hundred kilometers by the time anyone found it. Oh wow! Yeah. So I, huh. And they'd taken.
1: They had taken the Sexton and a couple other things, right? Yeah. So yeah, they pro- they probably got on that boat and tried to make a run for somewhere.
0: Man, I I honestly hope that's the case. Because it's so horrifying to think of the idea that they're they're tethered to the back, thinking they're just going to wait this out, and then the line snaps, and they watch the boat sail off. Or, some,
1: t- o- or some other boat comes along, and it's like, you bunch of pussies, cuts them loose and seals their boat and cashes it in for the insurance. Yeah, maybe. It's just, it's it's a weird thing because, uh, you know, like nobody survived. Or maybe there is like a little colony of uh, of uh, people on some desert island that you
0: know, <laughs> there was the uh, there was in the area there was a island where someone found the wreckage uh, you know not wreckage but like the remains of some sort of boat and it had an American flag with it oh maybe that's maybe that's the Mary Celeste people but I mean that could have been from you know from any ship that went down in the area you know what i'm gonna put in a request right now okay
1: uh i want a good shipwreck story i want like the story of like uh you know tom hanks and wilson <laughs> or, like the real story
0: okay i don't like
1: some something like that you know some kind of like uh, swiss family robinson
0: so not the indianapolis that's very different no uh, that's
1: yeah i mean that's that's a good story too Yeah, like somewhere, you know, some people survive on an island or something. I think that would be fun.
0: (laughs) A tale of survival and survival and maybe also throw a little bit of survival in there.
1: Uh, Yeah. Maybe like, maybe it's like a story where like they just started out on a three hour tour.
0: Oh. Oh, that made me think of the worst story that I've. Ever heard of in that sense? Have you ever heard Gillian's the story about Island? the people who got left on a snorkeling tour? No. Oh, what? Didn't end well. Uh, so sort of tour where they take you out in the middle of the ocean and let you snorkel around for a little bit, and everybody gets back on the boat and they take off. Yeah, they didn't get back on the boat.
1: They didn't have a buddy system.
0: Well, if they did, it failed. I think they were each other's buddy. Uh,
1: Oh no. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. They made a
0: movie out of it. I could not possibly bring myself to I, watch that. You couldn't pay me to watch <coughs> something like that. I
1: mean, I was I was just thinking of Gilligan's Island, but I'm glad that you went to a dark place <laughs> cuz that's very on brand for a show. Yeah.
0: Cuz real life. So yeah.
1: Uh, well, uh, real life not is not so hot. Pretty, <laughs> Yeah, it's never it never ends so well for folks. Not usually. That's a pretty fascinating story you got there. Is that all you got for me? Yeah, you got a little, I mean that's uh, trick up
0: your sleeve here. No, that's about it. I mean, it, unless you've got any theories about what happened to this this bad boy there. Um, I mean, uh, I kind of like the theory
1: of uh, that. You know, like I said, they they kind of said, "Well, I don't feel safe here anymore." I like your theory that there was an explosion, took on some water.
0: Yeah. Makes sense Something. that they opened the the fore and aft uh um vents or or patches to try and vent it out a bit. If that's yeah. what they thought was going on, but and then I kinda wonder if yeah, like
1: I said, if they went out on the boat to just kinda be at a safe berth or if they were really concerned about an explosion thinking like, okay, if that was one barrel that blew up and that scared the bejesus out of us. What happens if all of these go off? Yeah. I mean, that reminds me of a tale that we are going to tell on this uh, story about boats that explode.
0: Mm, that's the worst kind of boat to be on.
1: Yeah. Eventually, we're going to do an episode on the Halifax Harbor Explosion.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I've. Which I've, is a fascinating story. It sure has. I have started that one a few times. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's been on my radar for sure.
1: That would be a good one. But yeah, I mean, that when, when something like that with enough fuel goes, I mean, so for context, uh, for anybody not familiar with the Halifax Harbor explosion of 1917, 18, it was during World War One. Yeah, I, yet War basically the basically the, the gist of it is you had a ship full of ammunition bound for Europe, And there was a collision, a fire, and then what resulted was the largest uh, explosion in the world to date, like man-made, I guess. Technically, it was man-made explosives. Uh, It was the largest explosion outside of a nuclear explosion in the world ever. It leveled Halifax. uh, It took years for it to recover. Pretty wild, pretty crazy. So maybe these people kind of thought, okay, we got this big bang from a barrel or two, uh, 1,700 barrels. Let's GTFO. And, uh, yeah, I think they dipped out, thinking they were closer to summer than they were. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. What was the
0: date it was found on again? Uh, December 5th. 1872. So it had
1: been adrift for ten or eleven. December fourth,
0: 1872.
1: Yeah, so about ten days adrift. How far could
0: have? How far could a boat drift in a day? Well, do you think? Uh, probably, probably somewhere around 700 kilometers divided by ten or eleven.
1: Do you think, so that would be about 70 kilometers a day.
0: I probably, I mean, it would depend on its, its sails were partially prevailing up, wind, prevailing wind, current, whatever the rudder was decided to do at I the don't, time.
1: I don't, know what, I don't know what the math is for vehicles of that
0: era or boats of that well, era. Well, as a guy with a boating license, let me yeah, just... Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're basically the expert on this Let episode. me just interject here. And say that, uh, you know, there's just no way to know. There's just no way you could possibly tell. You just couldn't do it. I believe it. You couldn't do
1: it or you couldn't do it?
0: Yeah. You couldn't do it. I'm sure somebody could do it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely sure somebody could do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure somebody could use... Modern technology
0: and figure that one out. And maybe they even did, and maybe I overlooked that while I was doing my, my plentiful No, research.
1: come on, no. Yeah. You wouldn't do that.
0: Oh, I don't know. It's been known to happen. It's been known to happen. I know it's a sizable, I got to tell you, the note-to-conversation ratio with this one was a little disappointing. I had lots of notes, but. Uh, yeah, that happens, Sometimes I mean. Sometimes it happens. You know. Sometimes it's just some, all dry fact. Yeah.
1: I mean, you've had, you've come into episodes and you're like, "Mm, don't have a lot of, don't have a lot of notes here. Love Mm." when you talk dirty. And then it's like an hour. (laughs) And then the episode's (laughs) like an hour and a half because it's, it's just some crazy topic. (laughs) What are you, what are you laughing about? Why are you losing your shit there?
0: There Sometimes, sometimes I make me laugh. What did you say? I said, I love it when you talk dirty to me when you were doing your impression of me to me. Uh, There's layers to that. <laughs> and probably <laughs> some things I should talk to a professional about there too. <laughs>
1: yeah. Definitely not. I don't want to talk about that with you. <laughs> hey, can I uh can can I tell you what I was gonna do for your uh Halloween
0: party? That you didn't show up to?
1: <laughs> Listen, I was severely injured. Mm-hmm. I'm still in a lot of pain from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anyways. What were you gonna do?
1: I was gonna be you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I found out that new bold dad shoes are fucking expensive now. Like way too expensive for jokes. New balance. Yeah, that's yeah, new yeah, balance. those
0: are the dad shoes that I they
1: that are I ridiculously expensive. <laughs> Listen, I looked at them. They're like one hundred and seventy dollars for a pair of those bad boys now.
0: Oh my god!
1: Yeah, I was like, that's as funny as I think that would be. No, I'm not you, that committed. You
0: get them cheaper than that. You go to a factory shoe. You go to a pay less, maybe. I don't know. I
1: would just maybe get some white sneakers and paint a big blue N on them, N B or whatever it is. I'd make it work anyhow. But then well, you there was a couple, couple things that deterred me. One. Was that I didn't want to have a mustache because uh, it's just not it's not sightly on me. I wouldn't look as good on you. Two, I didn't want to hear your jokes about how you're like mm, you're me, but when I let myself go, <laughs> <laughs> mm, you're like you're like fat Elvis, Matt.
0: <laughs> what really bothers me is that he, your impression of me is a lot funnier than I am,
1: <laughs> dude. So I was going to get like, I was going to get some baby powder on my face and then tape my (laughs) eyes back a bit. So they're like, uh, that
0: that might've gone over (laughs) slightly poorly,
1: but I was like, I even messaged your wife and I was like, I need pictures of Matt's tattoos and their exact locations. (laughs) Dude, I was going to just go and and stay in character all night. Well,
0: missed opportunity.
1: You're you're lucky that one. I'm too cheap to spend 170 dollars on shoes. Also, when when I was when I was like, okay, I'm not coming, and then I was gonna go, I was just gonna cop out like some cheap costume. But my original plan was to go as you. I was gonna wear one of our fact schmack shirts, carry around a cardboard cutout of a PRS guitar.
0: You really should. It was gonna
1: be so epic.
0: You really should have.
1: Yeah, and then I stepped on a cat and twisted my knee.
0: Well. That cat's alive, by the way. Oh, I didn't care.
1: Definitely used up one of his <laughs> nine lives. I wonder oh, if yeah, it was I the same cat. stepped on that fat little bastard.
0: I wonder if it was the same cat when I was crashing at your place and uh, I watched it. You know, you usually see cats do such graceful things, or at least you think you do. I watched it just Try to get onto a table and the table fell down. Fucking lamp (laughs) fell down. Was it
1: fat and orange?
0: Uh, I can't remember. I thought it might have been black
1: and white. uh, It
0: might have been the black and white one. I don't know. Yeah. They're both pretty dumb. I thought it might have been the. I can't remember. It was was funny.
1: It's alive and uh, that costume is now ruined. It would have been epic. It could still happen, but you know. Anyhow, how about a closing fact for you?
0: Can't wait. Literally can't wait. <sighs> give I it interrupt? to me. You got, so, you got somewhere to be? Give it to me right now. All right. <laughs> you, want,
1: you want me give it to you dirty? I'll give it to you dirty. Oh, that went mm. way too far. Here's a little fact about Kennedy. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. Let me... WUSA. Mm, little fact about Kennedy. Stop laughing so much. Mm, Kennedy survived a previous assassination attempt. All right, I, I can't. I can't do it as you. It's too hard. So, November twenty second, Kennedy. November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. Kennedy is uh, assassinated. But what you don't know... What? What people don't know is that he had actually survived a previous assassination attempt. Two months before his inauguration, he was targeted by Richard Pavlik, a 73-year-old man who hated Catholics and had intended to crash his dynamite-laden car (gasps) into Kennedy while he was vacationing in Palm Beach. (laughs) Pavlik decided against using his card the last minute when he saw Kennedy was with wife and child. He was caught by Secret Service three days later.
0: I didn't know that. Wow. What a cartoon villain. You're still recovering, eh?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So. Yes, I am still recovering. Wow, that's fascinating. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well goodbye <laughs> mm, <my. laughs> thank you for listening to fact smacks we
1: hope you enjoyed our show if you want to hear more be sure to check us out on patreon at patreon.com
0: forward slash facts or you can check us out on facebook or on youtube or on twitter.com at fact
1: Schmacked pod we also have a website, factshmax.xyz, because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure.